Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is series 2, episode 186 of this podcast. Thank you very much for joining us as we are uh, continuing with our uh, study of Come Follow Me this week. We're covering June the 29th to July the 5th, Alma 23 to 29, they did never fall away. And today we're going to focus on Alma chapter 26, Serving the Lord Brings Joy. And this is really worth a good study with your family. Um, we see here Ammon just being over, over, yeah, overcome with such joy and happiness with the fact he's been able to serve the Lord. Uh, so let's have a look at some of the things he says and what has brought him such joy and what we can learn from this. In Alma 26, verse 5, I'm going to begin. And I'm going to warn you now, I'm not going to get through everything because I want to spend the time tomorrow to look at Alma's um, expression of joy as well. So we'll get through what we can today, but it will not be everything. So I do encourage you to study it. Uh, but in verse 5, it says, Behold, the field is ripe, and blessed are ye, for, the, for ye did thrust in the sickle, and did reap with your might. Yea, all the day long did ye, did ye labour. And behold, the number of your sheaves, and they shall be gathered into the garners, that they are not wasted. Now, there is actually a little section in the Come Follow Me study this week about the sheaves and the garners. Um, the sheaves, we are referring to the Lamanites, or the people that were converted. But the garners is, is interesting. Uh, usually these garners are placed in our, our storehouses. Um, and Elder Dave Bednar said something about what these garners uh, may well have been. Um, he said uh, this, quote, uh, this essential relationship between the principle of gathering and building of temples is highlighted in the Book of Mormon. The sheaves in this analogy represents newly baptized members of the church. The garners are the holy temples. Elder Neil A. Maxwell explained, Clearly, when we baptize, our eyes should gaze beyond the baptismal font to the holy temple. The great garner into which the sheaves should be gathered is the holy temple. This instruction clarifies and emphasizes the importance of sacred temple ordinances and covenants that the sheaves may not be wasted. Close quote. These garners are, are referred to by Elder Bednar as holy temples. And so that is the end goal of newly baptized, well, I'll say the end goal, that is the destination that newly baptized members and all members of the church should be looking forward to is the storehouse of the Lord, which for his people is the temple. Um, and so, you know, I, I liked that analogy. And I thought it'd be well worth remembering as we seek to um, gather uh, the people uh, into this place. Um, it continues on uh, into verse six. Uh, and I love this. Um, it was pointed out on another podcast. Um, there's a lot of language here that seems to crop up again in Helaman chapter five. It says, yea, they shall not be beaten down by the storm at the last day. Yea, neither shall they be harrowed up by the whirlwinds. And when the storm cometh, they shall be gathered together in their place. For the storm cannot penetrate to them. Yea, neither uh, shall they be driven with fierce winds, whithersoever the enemy um, enlisteth to carry them. Uh, so, you know, again, there is links here to uh, Helaman chapter 5, that there is strength that they are built on, that they the storms will not be able to get to them. Uh, and so it seems that, you know, whilst... There is many references to the uh, brass plates in the Nephite record. There's also re uh, references to the record itself. So clearly these prophets are studying the words of Ammon, for example, uh, a couple of generations later uh, or a generation later with Helaman and his sons. And so, you know, that's an, an, insi an, an insight into how these records were used. In verse 7, it says, But behold, they are in the hands of the Lord of the harvest, and they are his, and he will raise them up at the last day. Um 
I love this idea of having to trust in, in God's protection, that this garner, you know, once we build up and, and teach uh, those that we have, um, you know, or, or that we love, uh, we have to trust that the Lord will, will cater for them and look after them. Of course, we should do all that we can to keep in touch and to uh, uplift and to edify these individuals. But we also have to have a, a trust that the Lord will support and strengthen them. Uh, President Henry B. Eyring said this, quote, We can by simple obedience help the Lord to find the lamb, to take the lambs, his lambs, into his hands and take them in his arms home to their father and our father. I know that God will pour out the powers of heaven upon us as we join in preserving that sacred harvest of the souls, close quote. It is his harvest and we ought to remember that, you know, the work that we do, even with our own families, is the work of, is, is the Lord's work. And so we need to have him as part of uh, our discussions. Now let's skip forward. Again, I'm going to miss a couple of things here, but again, I want to focus on the ones that stood out the most to me. Uh, this interchange between Aaron and Ammon is particularly interesting. In verse 10, it says, And it came to pass that when Ammon had said these words, his brother Aaron rebuked him, saying, Ammon, I fear that thy joy doth carry thee away unto boasting. But Ammon said unto him, I do not boast in my own strength, nor in my own wisdom, but behold, my joy is full. Yea, my heart is brim with joy, and I will rejoice in my God. Um, you can just imagine, you know, he's just getting so excited, saying, look at what has happened. Look what we've done. Look what we've been, we've been a part of and blessed to be a part of. And of course, Aaron, um, you know, we know Aaron is a good, great guy uh, from, you know, this record. He is concerned that uh, Ammon may be starting to boast. And let's not forget, you know, the sons of Mosiah previously were a very prideful people. Um, you know, they they enjoyed their own wealth, they enjoyed their own power and their own influence. And so Aaron may well be just being out of concern with his his brother. Uh, Clyde J. Williams said this, quote, The joy that Ammon experienced has to be the kind of joy that Lehi referred to when he said men are that they might have joy. This type of joy or happiness is, according to the prophet Joseph Smith, the object and design of our existence and will be the end thereof if we pursue the path that leads to it. And this path is virtue, upright, uprightness, faithfulness, holiness, and keeping all the commandments of God. Ammon and his brethren had been virtuous, faithful, holy, and obedient to the Lord's commandments. Thus they experienced a great outpouring of joy. Divine joy is available to all who are willing to serve the Lord with the same degree of commitment as Ammon and his companions. In our own day, the Lord has promised how great will be your joy if you should bring many souls uh, unto me. Close quote. We, we, I'm sure all of us at some stage in our lives have experienced this divine joy that is available to us um, and just the joy that can be made possible as we seek to uh, to, to serve and to, to bless. Uh, Elder Neil, uh, Neil, Neil, Neil A. Maxwell also said, quote, When we reach a point of consecration, our afflictions will be swallowed up in the joy of Christ. It does not mean that we won't have afflictions, but they will be put in a perspective that permits us to deal with them. With our steady pursuit of joy and with each increasing measure of righteousness, we will experience one more drop of delight, one drop after another, until in the words of, the, of a prophet, our hearts are brim with joy. At last, the soul's cup finally runs over. Close quote. I love that from uh, Neil A. Maxwell, that this is how we, we, we receive joy in mortality. There are going to be difficulties, but we need to consecrate our lives and trust in the Lord completely. And once we do this, we can have joy even in our afflictions. Not that our afflictions will go away, but our joy will, be, will lift us. And we saw that with the people of Alma the Elder. 
when they were put under burdens. They were put under such difficulty, but they still had complete divine joy. Uh, and that is something that, you know, I think that Ammon is referring to here, that he has reached a point that he has got so much joy. He is so grateful uh, for, you know, what his 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 Lord has done for him. Uh, and so we should try and keep that connection and receive that joy as well. Again, skipping through a couple of things, uh, I want to come to verse uh, 17. Um, and then one more thing on verse... In fact, yeah, I'm going to just go straight to verse 17, actually, because I want to focus on this to finish with. Again, there are other things I wanted to talk about. There is further joy that Ammon talked about, um, unlocking the mysteries of God. Uh, it's talked about in verse 22. That's a great uh, study piece there. Uh, but I'm going to have a look at verse 17, and it's actually something that I mentioned yesterday in the mercy of God. But I want to look at it now from Ammon's perspective. He said, who could have supposed that our God would have been so merciful as to have snatched us from our awful, sinful and polluted state? Now, I did mention this in yesterday's episode. Uh, however, I do want to um, think about this. I'm sure many of us have made decisions in our lives where we really regret them. I'm certain there's at least one that stands out to us, perhaps a few, perhaps a number. Um, but there's certainly things that when we think back, we, we feel regret and perhaps perhaps guilt. Now, if that's the case and we haven't repented, then, of course, that guilt and that sorrow should lead us to repent. But if we have been on our knees and we have confessed before the Lord and we have received that joy and that feeling that we have been forgiven, then we shouldn't feel that guilt. But, of course, it's difficult not to feel that. What happens here uh, with Ammon is something which we should aim, aim for and strive for. Um, he remembers the awful, sinful and polluted state that he and his brothers had been in. But he remembers that their God has been merciful to snatch them from it. Uh, Richard G. Scott said this, quote, When memory of prior mistakes encroached upon Ammon's mind, he turned his thoughts to Jesus Christ and the miracle of forgiveness. Then his suffering was replaced with joy, gratitude and thanksgiving for the Saviour's love and forgiveness. Please go and do likewise. Do it now so that you can enjoy peace of conscience and the peace of mind with all their attendant blessings. Close quote. If we have, and we have you know, been before the Lord, and we know that, we've, that we have been forgiven, then let us remember our, our past mistakes with gratitude to the mercy of God, not guilt that we have done those things. It is hard, and it will be very hard to, to change those thoughts. Um, but with the Lord's help, I'm sure he will help us. Um, rather than feeling guilt, let's feel gratitude to the mercy of our Heavenly Father, just like Ammon did in remembering his sinful and polluted state. Uh, I think that'll be well worth trying out. Thank you for listening today. Um, it, there's been there's a lot there and there's much more that we could have covered. But I do want to move on to Alma's uh, perspective tomorrow. So uh, if there's anything you've been studying, please share it uh, on the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. I'd love to hear you there. Uh, also, you can email session at gmail.com if you're uh, wanting to give any feedback or, of course, join a future podcast episode. I'd love to hear from you there. Thank you for your time and until we meet again.